That's right. Welcome in. Welcome back, folks. 2A, we got to discuss the future of the quarterback position in college football edition of the Always Irish Show. As always, happy to be here. Happy to have you here with me. You know where you can find the program on the very popular website known as YouTube.com. Hit subscribe if you haven't yet. I appreciate it very much. Give the video a thumbs up. That helps me as well. Notifications on, and you and I both know why. That way you're alerted every time a new episode drops. You don't want to miss it. Twitter, search bar, always Irish rat. Always Irish Inc. Emails, always Irish ND at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want me. You can locate me. The Colin line. 312-988-15. You tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. Fighting Irish Wire, booty doo doo. You type it in, the words come out, you read about Notre Dame. It's a beautiful thing, folks. So, this is a topic <laughs> that's very important uh, in all of college football and specifically last year and what we have coming up this year. It really hits home for Notre Dame. As I mention on this show all the time, there is no more important individual position in all of organized sports than the quarterback. They are the default captain. Everything runs through them. Like, it's just a big deal. Now, with that backdrop in mind, we start thinking about Notre Dame and our quarterback situations, both past and present. All right, let's look at the Buckner situation. Now, I haven't talked to the guy. Last time I talked to him was blue and gold, but not this year, last year. So it's been a long time since I had a conversation with Tyler. And at that time, I talked to him about his busted hoof. And I wasn't going to be a jerk and ask him how many stairs he fell down or which staircase it was. So I haven't talked to the guy. But I don't believe that it's a stretch for me to assume he left Notre Dame out of frustration. He wasn't going to play either as the starter or play enough as the backup to be satisfied. Perhaps he thought the competition was unfair. Perhaps he thought he was leading it uh, and wasn't getting the credit for it leading into blue and gold. Or maybe, this is really wild, follow me, just maybe. Maybe he just knew Hartman was further along and better and the writing was on the wall. And Tyler's, listen, anybody who's played organized sports, you know where you fall, pretty much. Like, like I always knew where I fell on my teams, whether it was golf or baseball, basketball, whatever. Like, you know who the best guy is and you know who the worst guy. Like, you know where you fall most of the time, all right? Either way, whatever the reason, he left because he wouldn't get a play. Not as the starter, at least. Which has been this guy's goal for years and years and years. And something always gets in the way. Injury, depth chart, transfer guys, play, whatever it is. And the other part of this is, you know, there's some frustration uh, that Tyler has about how his Notre Dame the whole thing went down. Fans are frustrated because we wanted to see him succeed. But that's the one thing I want to make sure I mention. Notre Dame fans have always supported Tyler Buckner. Like, there's frustration when he throws pick sixes. But the old Tyler Buckner experience, all Notre Dame fans have been excited about him since he was in high school, wanting to see 
the actualized, mature, developed version of the athlete at Tyler Buck, and we just never got it at Notre Dame. And, it, and if we did, it was in small windows, not a big enough chunk of time where things could build momentum and he could really get comfortable. We never had that run with him. It's got to be so frustrating for him. Such a great kid. But now that that drama and news has calmed down, what have we learned from all this? I think I learned the future at college football is that you're going to have frontline starters and then a bunch of younger, undeveloped guys and not much good in between if you need to go to a backup. How did I come to this conclusion? It's logical. With the no sit-out rule, why would anybody good enough to even think that they should be the starter and lose that job stay and ride the bench rather than transfer and go somewhere else and play right away if somebody offers you that? Like, why would you do that? That you could say, John, this is Notre Dame, four for 40, whatever. What I think we're learning a lot of guys that isn't the end-all, be-all. I'm, I'm sorry to say it. I see the value in the four for 40. You know who obviously didn't? Tyler Buckner didn't to want to finish it out here, even though he was frustrated. The guys we were supposed to have in the top end of that last recruiting cycle didn't buy into four for 40. So I get it as a Notre Dame guy, but if the players recruits don't, what good is it for me to value it? I'm an old guy. I'm past college. But where I'm going with this is I think the days of having a solid backup are coming to an end. Other than very, very rare cases. Maybe I'll give you an example. I was trying, whenever I come up with something, I always try and argue with myself or debate myself on the other, other side of the argument to try and make sure that philosophically I have all my bases covered. Like that's a big deal. So when I say, why would a guy who isn't going to win the starting job and is frustrated about it, why would he stick around? I'll give you a good reason. A rare case, maybe such where you know the team is loaded with five-star dudes that are going to be around. And if you wait one year, you might be in a position to put up mega numbers, win a championship, get a Heisman, something like that. Like. You know, if you wait one more year, it's going to be your turn. You have all the supporting cast, great team, young wide receivers that aren't going anywhere. Like, I could argue in that situation, you may have to do the calculation. If my goal is NFL or whatever I want to do, am I better off to go to Stanford or something where they're not going to be great, but I'm the main guy and I could play right now versus waiting a year? and then having a stacked team around you, I could get that argument. If it's like Alabama or Georgia or something, like I, I could, on it with the talent that I could get behind that idea. Other than those rare cases where what you're going to have if you wait your turn is guaranteed to be awesome, guys that want to play right away are probably going to leave. The I'm, I'm telling you, the educational part, four for 40, Buckner's as smart a guy as you could ever want being quarterback at Notre Dame and four for 41 enough. And if that doesn't work at Notre Dame, 
No school is going to keep anybody else in school for that reason. If it doesn't work in Notre Dame, it's not going to work somewhere where the degree isn't worth as much as Notre Dame. I've been worrying about Hartman going down the stairs, a train hitting him, walking, uh, practice, twisting eight, whatever it is, jet skiing in the summer break, whatever it is. I've been worrying about Hartman going down. It's my biggest nightmare scenario for next year. I think I and all of us need to just starting to need to start to accept this might just be how it's going to be going forward. I, I, I can't imagine how frustrating this is going to be for coaches to navigate. You do the best you can to recruit these quarterbacks backed up one class after the next and have a good guy in each one of those classes. So it's kind of staggered over the years and all that. Uh, there's only one starting quarterback. Like, like you're not going to be able to make everybody happy. So I really do think that that middle tier guy, that's a really high level backup. It, it's soon going to be a thing of the past. I really think so. Except for those extreme circumstances where you're almost guaranteed. If you wait one year, it's going to be awesome for you. And you have every advantage to win Eisman showcase yourself, get to the NFL, win a title, playoff run, all that. Um, and so I, I, that's the conclusion I have. I, I don't think you're going to have those good backups. It's going to be your frontline guy. And if he gets hurt, you're screwed. You're going to have to burn a red shirt on a younger guy or something. You ain't going to have that middle cushion that makes everybody feel good. You're not going to have it. Now, Play this down the line, Notre Dame fans. You know what I'm telling you right now? Angeli, Carr, Minchie, they're not all going to stay in Notre Dame either. They're not all staying in Notre Dame. When you get down the road to where it's Minchie, Carr competing for a, the starting job, wrap your minds around the guy that loses that looking to go start somewhere else. That I just, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think that's the trend and where it's going. If the four for 40 don't work in Notre Dame, good luck to anybody else trying to keep guys around pushing that. It ain't going to happen. And so this isn't going to be the first or the last time. It's just a changing dynamic, a changing world. Uh, and listen, I'm not arguing whether the mentality of if I don't get this job, I'm out of here. I am not arguing the ethics of if that is the best representation of society, that if you don't get what you want, you go get, you know, give up and go somewhere else. Like, I'm not debating whether that philosophy is the healthiest uh, or what could be gained by you waiting a year, learning from a, a mature guy that's been through the battle, soaking that all in, trying to learn from them, all that, like paying your dues and fighting your way up. So when you do get the job, it means more. I'm an old school guy. I get and value all of that. I am not telling you not to have any questions about the mentality of the quick fix, instant gratification world and all that. And I'm not even going to say that about Buckner. Instant gratification, it's been like a five-year struggle. But I mean, a lot of these other guys that just don't win a job and are going to want to leave if, they don't, if they're not the starter. I'm not arguing with you this is how it should be. I'm telling you what it is. 
Like you could debate all you want. What you know, and I'm that way too. What about the old days where you wait your turn and battle it out and earn it and everything? I get it. It's a changing world. You got to remember when a lot of our football memories were made of how these things go, players did not have the flexibility to be able to leave like this. They were kind of stuck unless they wanted to waste a whole year. So it's just, it's a new dynamic. But I think this worry I have about like next year and Artman getting hurt, I I just think that's going to be the way it's going to be more than it's not going to be moving forward because of this situation. Quarterback's so damn important. Uh, if you got a quality backup, there's probably going to be a power five that's interested in their them being the starter. Um, and so it changes the way you recruit. It's, it changes the way you develop. It changes the way you got to look at roster construction. And it really makes coaches have to be careful about how they frame things and the kind of competitions they're having for this and that and and uh, honesty with where guys are and what's real and what isn't. College football is more complicated now than ever. These coaches got to be losing their minds. Just the undergraduate portal, NIL, regular recruiting, like you got to recruit your own guys every year just to keep them on the team. It, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking of this right or I'm trying to just feel better about us being exposed to the same thing we were last year where one thing happens at quarterback and you're in a, a, the uh-oh zone. Um, I don't know. So you guys let me know what you think about this. I just think it's going to be the future. And don't get too used to Angeli Carminci. All those guys are not going to be sticking around in a couple of years. I got a feeling whoever loses the, a car Minchie battle might go play somewhere else. So that's the other thing. If you're going to do this as a coach, you got to make sure you pick the right guy too. Because you might lose the other guy and not be able to go to him, right? Like the pressure's on. So I don't know you guys, but I just think this is one of those dynamics. I mean, I could even argue the no sit out transfer changes the game more than NIL because NIL is like a certain segment of players that are really moving the needle at the top end. This no, no sit out uh, transfer. That's thousands of guys, right? Or whatever, like however many got, you know, 30 off one team, 40 off another. And it doesn't always work out. That's the other thing. The grass is not always greener on the other side. A lot of guys enter the portal and end up with no home. And there's some tough lessons to be learned there by some of these guys too. Uh, I wonder if there's ever a guy who ends up with some regret of leaving a place and then he thought it was going to be have it made somewhere else and it doesn't work out. So it, it's a tough landscape uh, to be a coach and to be a player. Like, like these are some tough discussions. Uh, but what do you think? I, am I overreacting here? I really think this is going to be the way it's going to be. Let me know what you guys think. Hit subscribe if you haven't yet. Give the video a thumbs up. We'll see you on the radio program.